So this human factor that comes along yeah, might, might be in the end be even more complicated uh, and more limiting than the technology itself. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction, innovation, and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guest today is Odd Storm, the CEO of Evian Containers. He has a strong background in developing strategic vision and inspiring people with that vision. They are the leading global supplier of used shipping containers, pioneering sustainable and responsible solutions with digital innovation. Welcome to the show, Odd. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me here, Todd. Yeah, looking forward to it for sure. Uh, so I always like to get kind of people's backstory to start. How do you get into this space? Yeah, yeah. It's actually, if about 10, 15 years ago, you would have told me I would be ending up in containers, uh, I would have laughed and uh, not believed it. <laughs> but I, um, uh, I've been uh, working as a consultant, uh, a strategy consultant, and I uh, got an assignment for a startup that developed uh, collapsible containers. So you can fold them up and put uh, four in the space of one and return them in a more efficient way. So that's where I first got uh, into containers and I found it quite interesting. And uh, one of the shareholders in that company was uh, uh, an owner of a large container trading company and I got to know him. I ended up being on the board of that company. And uh, I've been um, working a lot in the US as well uh, for an office that was in, uh, in Boston. Um, and I found my way around in the, in the business. Then after some time I felt that um, there's so much more room for innovation and that it would be a, a good idea to, uh, to start something uh, totally new myself. And uh, so at that point, uh, I, I resigned at that company in, in, well, in a good way um, because this was a direction that they were not heading towards. And I started my own company that was in 2020. And uh, just as we finished the business plan and started up the company and started developing all the IT uh, architecture, uh, COVID hit. So that, that, that was quite kind of uh, unexpected, uh, to be honest. Uh, we launched in uh, Germany. Uh, I'm, uh, our headquarters are based in the Netherlands. And then in 2021, uh, we launched in the US. Uh, we also uh, uh, formed a local entity, Evion Containers Inc., opened an office in Charleston. And uh, well, we have been growing since, uh, also now in, in Canada, uh, and we're going to roll out to more countries. But this is a bit about uh, the background. Yeah, I'm always fascinated with companies that that launched in early 2020. That was such a obviously a crazy year worldwide, and there's so much change and having to be agile on your feet. Oh yeah. In addition to having to be agile with a, a startup, what was what was that journey like for you that year? Yeah. Uh, it was actually, if you, uh, I think many, many people know that the container business was also hit in a, in a big way by COVID. And it started when uh, Chinese ports uh, started uh, 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 shutting down and there were blank sailing. So that's where uh, container ships are starting to skip ports. And, and basically the whole system, the whole uh, flow of containers uh, on a global scale got kind of uh, yeah, disrupted in a, in a big way. And uh, it, it led to shortages of containers. So, uh, so actually the country we had chosen to launch in, uh, Germany, also faced uh, shortages. And uh, for, for quite some time, we were able to get good supply. But one of the, um, well, uh, launching in the US, it, it was always on our list. Also, uh, given my background, uh, working a lot with, uh, 
with American teams and uh, American customers in the past. Um, uh, but we decided to go into uh, the US market sooner, uh, so uh, much sooner than planned. Uh, uh, one of the reasons being that if you look at the US, more containers go in than come out. So there's more imports than exports. So it's always been uh, an area where container availability was still, uh, uh, yeah, uh, was good. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so we decided to go into that market sooner. But then I was faced with things like, um, well, we were not allowed to travel into the US as Europeans for quite some time. And um, I, I wrote a plea to the US embassy uh, explaining how important uh, containers are and container supply is for the economy. And I was granted access uh, as an uh, exception. So, uh, so I was luckily able to travel and uh, uh, find uh, trucking partners and, and other partners for a company to work with. Uh, so it, it's yeah, it, it uh, required a lot of um, improvisation and, and and being really agile. Uh, but yeah, we made things work. Uh, luckily, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. One of the things that I, I find really cool and uh, interesting about your your company's story is uh, the the sustainability side. Can can you share the the story of when and yeah. kind of why you decided to to really prioritize sustainability? Yeah, yeah. Now, when we launched, we were launching uh, just as a, as a, yeah, a regular trader in the sense that we offered a choice of used containers and uh, new containers or one trips, as you call it. Um, uh, so that felt like normal. And uh, we started selling new containers in uh, Germany. And um, uh, I hired um, a guy I knew from before. Uh, he's our uh, marketing manager right now, but also has uh, a lot of uh, affinity with um, uh, sustainability. It is uh, Tim, Tim Simons. And uh, I asked Tim to, uh, to also look into the sustainability part to make a footprint analysis. So we, got, uh, we found uh, some really good consultants and uh, well, they did their work. And then um, from that analysis, it became clear that just a few thousand of uh, uh, new containers we were planning to sell that year would uh, give the equivalent uh, CO2 emissions. And I have to think a bit back of, um, a thousand uh, um, flights from Amsterdam to New York and back, uh, 70,000 uh, uh, truck rides from the Netherlands to Paris and back. Um, it was uh, 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 organizing a, a Grand Prix uh, event, doing 15 rocket launches and eating a few thousand cows all together. Wow. And it, it was really huge and it was so uh, immense the, the, because in the production of a new container, there's about 12,000 kilos of CO2, CO2 emissions uh, that, that uh, occur. It was so much together that it really felt like, wow, this is not, this does not feel right. And um, we had a discussion in our team. Uh, what do we think about it? And uh, actually, uh, well, we, we, we decided uh, to really focus on, uh, on used container uh, sales and, and really make the choice to stop selling new containers at all. Um, uh, yeah, coming from this uh, analysis, uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it just felt like the right thing to do. Now, of course, as a, as a startup, you need to reach a certain skill. So, uh, so for us, it also meant that the, the break even point shifted a bit more, uh, uh on the horizon. Uh, so it was a bit more challenging, but at the same time, I really experienced that all the people in the team felt like this is a good thing to do, to really promote the use of uh, used containers. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, this, 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 uh, this was uh, also giving a clear direction in anything uh, we did. 
Yeah, that's a bit about the background. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did you handle that that tension between the the short term profits and and trying to get to that that break even point, and then the really the long term sustainability goals that aren't, yeah. aren't you know there it's a it's a longer horizon, like you said. Yeah. 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 Correct. No, it's um, um, of course you hope to see the, the the benefits from making such a choice on the short term, but I, I, I also felt realistically that this is not as easy as that. So um, uh, I think we we set our expectancies uh, in a realistic way. What we do see is that um, um, a lot of companies working in the field of sustainability, uh, we see them as our customers. And uh, once we contact them just to find out, you know, did, did this play a role? Then, then we definitely hear that it's, you know, they look at pricing, availability, delivery times, but they also look at this. Mm-hmm. And I strongly feel that in the near future, uh, you know, we have to change uh, things. Um, and so, so I believe that uh, um, the more we go into the future, the more this will be, be just uh, like a normal thing where uh, people buying containers or buying anything else really are going to take a look at uh, yeah what's what's uh, what's the co2 uh, impact of this so uh, so I, I strongly believe that this will be uh, just considered a normal in the in the near future uh, and and slowly we progress in seeing also the benefits uh, from customers choosing but also I think the biggest benefit is within our team I think more and more people they, they are looking for a job not only uh, to make money but also to uh, to have a purpose uh, to contribute to something and, and to contribute to something good. And that's what I really notice with the people in our team uh, that, that uh, when they choose to work for Evion, yeah, this sustainability uh, part is, is, is really uh, important uh, yeah, to attract the right people. So uh, mm. there it pays off already. Yeah. Yeah. Let's kind of dive into that a bit more. What do you see the, the benefits, both the, the tangible and the, the intangible of really embracing sustainability in your business operations yeah no it's um it's it's in many factors so w- one is the 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 choice to focus on uh, used containers and to promote the use of used containers so that's one thing the other thing is that if you look at containers uh, h- how this works at uh, the, the 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 owners of the big used container fleets that those are typically uh, shipping lines and container leasing companies and containers get used on uh, ships that travel the world. And for instance, if you look at the US, they enter the country in a port like Long Beach. Um, then they go inland and uh, they get uh, unloaded and the container becomes available. But what happens is that a lot of containers are you, uh, actually moving around empty because, uh, for instance, let's say there is a container going inland uh, into uh, the US. Um, it gets unloaded, yeah, then an empty container is trucked back to the port. Often uh, they're loaded empty on a ship and they go back uh, to China to be loaded again. Mm-hmm. And there's always a part of their fleet they want to sell off. So instead of making uh, these containers uh, end up in a port and, and being uh, transported empty unnecessarily, yeah, we uh, using e-commerce and using, uh, using uh, data and more advanced technologies, we can easily sell those containers inland uh, at the place where they become available. Now, this also saves a lot of uh, unnecessary uh, trucking miles uh, for for moving empty containers back. And the other thing, if you look at the pricing of containers, you will see that uh, prices are very different. If you look at at, uh, a container in uh, Newark or Long Beach, it's much cheaper than a container in, uh, let's say, Salt Lake City or uh, Mm -hmm. Phoenix. 
So the value of a container inland is also higher. So I think this is a really nice uh, uh, way to uh, combine um, uh, a sustainable goal and an economical goal. Because if, if we get those containers inland, yeah, we can sell them at a higher price. The owner of the container fleet will get a better price for their container. And yeah, and we uh, avoid uh, unnecessary trucking of uh, empty containers uh, through the country. So this, yeah, I think these are um, uh, uh, important uh, areas where we can make a difference. Yeah, yeah. very cool. W what advice would you uh, give to startups or, or smaller companies that they want to prioritize sustainability, but maybe feel constrained by the limited resources that they have at their disposal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, of course, of course, you really have to make sure that uh, uh, as a startup that you're uh, you're moving on plan eh? and, and, and uh, you have to be economically healthy uh, to do good on other areas. So I think always prioritize uh, the financial health of your company first, that this is important. But at some point, if you see that the trends are positive and uh, you're growing into the right direction, yeah, I think it's it's. Um, uh, I think the world as we know it will change in a big way, in the in the uh, in the near future, uh, because of uh, things like uh, climate change. I, I understand there was a big heat wave in the U.S. Uh, 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 lately. Uh, here in Europe, we see uh, big changes in, uh, in, uh, in 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 the weather, in the climate, uh, and and you also see companies everywhere uh, in the world uh, uh, anticipating on. Uh, yeah, sustainability becoming more important. So I would even advise try to put it in in the core of your business model, because it, it might be something something special right now. I think it will be just being a normal thing in the near future. Uh, mm. Things need to change, and you see change happening rapidly everywhere. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, the prioritize your financial, uh, economical health uh, first. But as soon as you can, uh, pay some attention to, uh, to uh, uh, sustainability. Maybe an example, uh, we are, um, after making this choice eh, to really focus on used containers only, we uh, also wanted to become uh, a, a B Corp certified company. I'm not sure if you know B Corp as a certification mm -hmm. uh, methodology. Mm -hmm. We actually, I would have wished that we could have done it already last year, uh, go through the application process. But it, uh, yeah, in, in a realistic way, it didn't feel right. There were other priorities that were important uh, to, to make sure that we were on the right uh, growth uh, path. Um, but right now we are working on this uh, certification. That feels good. So this is an example where we also delayed something uh, because yeah, uh, about a year ago, yeah, it, it, uh, it was not justified to put the resources on that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you have to yeah, balance it a bit and, and uh, well, you first need to take care for your for your own company. It needs to be uh, financially stable. Then then you can do good for others uh, and other causes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like the intentionality behind the the, the strategy that you guys are, are implementing there and being really thoughtful of when is the right time to make a move and, and what does that look like and uh, yeah. you know really you. Uh, yeah. taking the time to to think through that and have have the core values, have your core principles, but and then. Be very strategic and intentional. Um, yeah. I, I see a lot of companies that they might have their their core values, but they don't. It's hard to take the time to sit down and, and really think strategically because there's there's so much incoming and 
you know, uh, construction firms are <laughs> adapting on the fly all the time, um, oh, yeah. that it's, it's, it's hard to take that, that time out yeah. to, to think strategically, how do you guys manage that, that balance? Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, uh, as a startup, uh, a lot of uh, things also need to be done, be done hands-on. Eh? So, uh, yeah, right. uh, um, uh, well, to be uh, to be honest, uh, I would love to spend a bit more time and, and energy on uh, the strategic part. Unfortunately, that's that's quite limited. Uh, things need to get done, and that's that's sure. that comes first. Um, so, I think what's what's good, what we try to do with our management team is every few months take like a day uh, in different location to really take the time that day to focus on uh, thinking more ahead, thinking, mm. discussing strategy with each other. What is the what should the focus be? Do we have the right focus? Should we adjust uh, things? Uh, so, we try to take some 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 time uh, with the management team to do that. Um, yeah, and 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 also, uh, yeah, try to force myself at some moments to to write out uh, what I have in mind, what the vision is, uh, to share it mm -hmm. with people. But I always feel that I spend too too little time on that. Uh, I, I should should do better there. It's, I keep longing to do more on that, but yeah, the reality. Join the club. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you're struggling with that. Uh, I think uh, everybody. So uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it gets so easily in a squeeze. There's so much uh, that needs to be done. So, uh, yeah. so that's, that's the challenge. It's a continuous challenge, I think. Uh, you never, uh, you never get it right. Yeah. Hey, innovators, do you want to help inspire the next generation of architects, engineers, and builders? Applied Software Great Tech Group does too. In fact, they have launched a scholarship contest and need your help spreading the word. If you know any students or teachers who could benefit from the contest, tell them to visit asti.com slash AEC scholarship for more information. Applied Great Tech is giving away over $1,000 to help students pursue their dreams. And we need your help to make it happen. So what are you waiting for? Let's make a difference together. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, let's pivot a bit a few minutes ago you mentioned about you guys really embracing the the technology aspect of it i know also having the the human touch is important to you so in, yeah. in a world that's really changing very quickly and advancing on the the technology front what strategies do you guys use to to ensure that the human element isn't lost in, in what you do and how do you determine which processes in your company are are right for automation and which ones need to remain more hands-on involvement? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, well, first of all, first of all, we, um, we, we have, the, uh, we made kind of a, a booklet about our uh, culture. It's called 25 feet, 25 feet container. We don't do not sell, but it's the, the 25 principles. And we try to think ahead about what are the, the most important principles we want to build our business on. And uh, also de uh, that should determine our, our uh, culture. Mm -hmm. And um, if you look at the container market, it's it's a very old-fashioned um, uh, uh, market where a lot of companies still work like like if it's 90, 1990 or so. Um, it's very opaque, so things are not transparent. Um, and uh, of course, uh, we th this is where we want to make a change. And it sounds very simple, but by actually publishing prices up front and, and showing volume discounts, well, in, in most businesses, that, that's kind of normal. 
but in the container business it's not. Uh, so uh, we had to take into account that this, this market is not used to uh, uh, e-commerce, more digital uh, uh, ways of working. Mm -hmm. So we felt it's important to, uh, to take into account that in some markets, uh, yeah, people are not so easy at just buying something online, a container online in this case. So we feel we should, uh, we should connect, be able to connect with people. So, um, and we also thought let's uh, let's make sure that uh, we, we we try to make the, the the website as easy as possible so that people can order there. But there's always um, we we always want to offer a human channel so someone can pick up the phone and talk to uh, to to a person, ask questions, ask for assistance. Um, uh, to really make sure that we do not force a, a digital automated way of working uh, on a market that is not ready for that. And um, so, so it, it seemed as a logical thing to take the human factor into account. Mm -hmm. And what I also noticed with, uh, within our team is that uh, scalability is really important. So we want to, if, if, uh, if, if we get an order in, uh, everything is handled automatically. Um, but of course, people easily start to fear that uh, by automating, yeah, uh, do I lose my job or not? Um, so, so there we also uh, try to make clear to the people in the team that, you know, uh, doing repeated manual tasks, yeah, as soon as that happens, let's talk with each other and see, uh, uh, hey, is this uh, worth uh, automating? Um, but I also want to make clear to people that this is really not about, uh, uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, well, uh, firing people or things like that. Uh, so this uh, digital but human, uh, I think, is also the approach for us internally to make sure that people feel safe, that they're in a safe environment where we can discuss opportunities to work more efficiently uh, towards uh, our customers to offer uh, uh, also uh, yeah, a, a traditional channel where they just can pick up the phone and talk with someone. And also, if you look at our uh, trucking partners, they are really important for us. What we also know is that the, the, the trucker that delivers the container um, yeah, if, if it's a grumpy guy uh, who, uh, who tears up the garden uh, when he uh, delivers the container, then our trust pilot ratings would go down hard. So yeah. in order to, uh, to score high on NPS, yeah, we also need to make sure that our trucking partners are happy. So the way we treat them, I think uh, for us, they are like, uh, like customers. So uh, if you think about, uh, uh, we know from these trucking partners, they get pressured a lot. Uh, for instance, on payment terms, uh, so they get paid late, they often get discussions about costs, uh, even long after they did the job. Um, so we said, no, let's not uh, have late payment uh, terms, let's pay them in seven days. So we really want to make sure that we are the, the favorite uh, uh, company to work with. It will make the workers happy. If the truckers are happy, our customers will be happy. And, 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 and yeah, this is the whole philosophy in the company. Uh, only if uh, our partners are happy, our employees are happy, yeah, then we can make, uh, we can make our customers happy. So I'm really mm -hmm. proud if you look at our Trustpilot score, it's really high. Yeah, and if you look at the, the, the reviews there, you can see that it's always about the people that they spoke with uh, on our customer service team or the people that were uh, delivering the container. So this human element, I think it's, it's really important. Uh, that, that's where you make the difference in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that prioritization for sure. Yeah. Uh, so in a, a market that, uh, you know, as, as you said, is not necessarily used to, to automation, how do you gauge that, that customer feedback on the balance between how 
how heavy to you know push the the gas pedal down on the automation versus the the uh, human touch in all your your service and, and products. Well, you mentioned the NPS, but are you doing other things to to really get that that incoming feedback loop? Yeah. Now, of course, what we try to do is, um, well, we, uh, we um, uh, encourage uh, customers to uh, uh, share reviews. Uh, so this is an important source. And we do our own NPS uh, uh, research as well. So after there has been co customer contact, we reach out to customers to understand were they, uh, um, were they satisfied with the solution? Uh, how was the contact? Are they, uh, how are they scoring us? Um, so... Um, um, yeah, NPS is, uh, is uh, important to us. And on specific topics, we also sometimes reach out to customers just to understand uh, um, uh, if they like certain solutions or not. Um, so really trying to check with them what, what, what do they prefer. So on some pages on our site, you will see uh, feedback pop-ups coming up where we ask their opinion on, uh, on stuff. Um, yeah, so we try to do that as good as possible. Um, yeah, it's always easy to say you're customer centric. I think it's never enough, but we try to, uh, yeah, to, to do our best there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is really valuable. And also for the team, you know, if Trustpilot reviews come in, it, it really feels like, uh, like uh, a present that makes people happy. So we have screens in our office uh, and you can see the latest reviews coming in. And sometimes there's, of course, uh, uh, we are not perfect. So sometimes something goes wrong. And then, um, yeah, then uh, uh, we also see that review coming in. That kind of hurts. So, uh, so that's that's really where we. I think all, all the people in the team are triggered to think about, okay, what happened here? How can, can we avoid it? What can we do to uh, to um, find a solution for this customer still? Mm -hmm. So, I think this is quite uh, quite uh, good in the into the how do you say in our DNA. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Nice. You, you yeah. brought up something uh, a couple of minutes ago that is, is interesting and comes up a lot when uh, we talk about the automation and, and bringing more technology into industries that, that typically haven't uh, had a, a ton of it, like construction. Uh, how do you train and prepare your staff for the, the technological changes while reassuring them that they uh, are irreplaceable, that the technology is not coming into you know, take over their job. It's not threatening. It's, it's complimentary and, and it's going to help really enhance their, their job. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, well, we, we had the advantage of course, that we are like a greenfield startup. So everybody that joins understood that we are really about, uh, data automation, scalability. Um, mm -hmm. so I think the, the people joining Evion, uh, knew that they were stepping into like, like an, an uh, highly automated, uh, well, um, operations model so that's that's kind of easier than uh, if you're an uh, established company you have you have had your own way of working in the last 20 years or so and and then you want to make a change so that's quite a challenge um, what I would like to uh, well if we make changes I always uh, uh, as the CEO of the company uh, reassure people that uh, that I want them to see like the the leaders or the conductors of the process instead of the executors of the process and that I want people to, to improve processes uh, mm. continuously. Um, and uh, the more we automate it, the more fun the job gets. So the job can, can change. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, we had some people doing some manual tasks 
but I think they also all experience as those tasks get automated. You know, they are uh, they are getting uh, um, uh, a headspace to think about more improvements or thinking ahead or uh, connecting better with other teams in our company. So I think um, I think by by making them aware that uh, it's um, um, that that the the content of their job might shift a little bit, but it, it and, well basically it goes to a somewhat higher level in terms of being a conductor of a, of a, uh, of a process. I think if you explain that well, then people feel confident with it. And uh, yeah, you have to take s- small steps. I think this is important. Uh, I would really advise take small steps, let people experience that it's actually great because uh, yeah, maybe some of the boring work disappears and, uh, and, 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 and try to help them to, uh, to look at their job in, in, a, in a somewhat different way to see more mm-hmm. opportunities to improve. Yeah, I think that, that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, more than agree. Regular listens will know that I, I say a lot that the bringing in automation and you know AI coming in is is not threatening. It's uh, it takes away kind of that, that mundane part of your yeah. job and allows you the ability to get more creative, get more strategic. It exactly. frees up some of that that headspace yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, to yeah. really think and, and do really fun creative stuff, which yeah, yeah, I find exciting. Yeah, and I think also I thought that um, it's it's really also to the leadership in a company to mm-hmm. communicate about this, to make sure. people feel uh, comfortable uh, instead of just you know uh, pushing a, a change process uh, through the company. Okay. Uh, the communication part is really important. So uh, I, I think uh, uh, CEOs and leaders they need to step in and and talk with the people, explain what the vision is. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this this is uh, more than half of the solution, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, and have a continuous communication line instead of just a, a it's not a one off conversation. It's a it's an ongoing conversation to to remind yeah. and and reinforce and you know, totally hype agree. up and encourage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of the main tenets of our our show here is is around innovation. So yeah. With that, what does what does innovation mean to you? Yeah. Well, innovation, um, um, there's so much going on on the technology side. Um, and there's a, uh, quite a few topics uh, that we are looking into. Um, so I think we are quite advanced on, in, in the data field. Um, uh, there we are looking at, um, well, algorithms, applying algorithms, for instance, for uh, pricing. Um, so uh, we're uh, running a pilot at the moment uh, in that area. And this is, uh, yeah, this is really taking you to another level, but also uh, in, in, in the process of um, using data uh, to, uh, to, uh, to build an algorithm and then seeing the feedback coming back and, and, and understanding the implications of it. Yeah, you learn a lot and you also start to see the impact of this. Now, for instance, um, I think it's always important if a customer, is, and now the human aspect comes back again, so if there's a black box algorithm uh, that uh, produces uh, an outcome like, like a price at a certain moment for a container in a certain area, then I find it really important that um, the people in my team still understand uh, and can explain uh, uh, the background of that outcome. Because if we cannot explain that, then we can also not explain it and communicate clearly with our customers. And then people see things happening where they really yeah, don't have a clue about it. 
So also uh, thinking about uh, how to combine the human element with the technology. Uh, uh, yeah, this is this is uh, this is really interesting. So we're in the process there of uh, um, finding out a new a lot of new things, but also in the process of understanding like how far do we want to go, because uh, um, uh, yeah we still need to understand to a certain level what's going on here, why certain certain outcomes uh, uh, are produced, and how we can communicate uh, about that. So this human factor that comes along, yeah might might be in the end be even uh, more complicated. Uh, and more limiting than the technology itself. So this, this I find important to balance out with each other uh, yeah. and not, not go full flesh into everything that could technology can bring, but really understand like, okay, this can go really far. How far do we want to go right now? And, and, and how do we uh, combine this with uh, the human elements uh, in doing business? So mm -hmm. this is, uh, there's also, um, if you look at, uh, of course, AI, uh, chatbots, um, that's a really interesting uh, uh, technology. So, uh, so also in that area, we are uh, thinking about uh, the possibilities, exploring some uh, first steps. Uh, so I think also there, uh, being able to give the right answers uh, to customers that have a question in the middle of the night yeah, or in the weekends. Uh, yeah, of course, that, that's great. Uh, yeah, this, this is also an area that we're really interested about, uh, really interested in. So um, yeah, those, those, those are some of the topics we are looking at. Uh, yeah. But also there, yeah, we want to we want to um, uh, set uh, small steps uh, in in uh, going uh, going forward in those areas. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Very interesting. I love the how far do you want to go on the the technology and on the the human process side yeah. because it you're right the, the human side is, is probably definitely more compl complex than. The, the technology automation yeah, <laughs> side yeah, yeah. in yeah. a good way you know we need it yeah. uh, well uh, how do people find out more information and and connect with you with me well if, if you go to uh, our website evioncontainers.com uh, you can find uh, well you can also find me if you go to the about section um, actually uh, I'm uh, this is one of the principles of uh, uh, staying human my phone number is on there and you can send me an email uh, and, um, and this is one of the things I really like to do. Also, when, um, when uh, customers are uh, sending messages, every morning I start with looking at message, messages, emails uh, that came in the last day. And um, I tend to contact some of the customers, even while we have a great customer service team. If I feel that uh, something didn't go so well or uh, something might need some more attention, I, I always start to step in every now and then, also with our truckers. So I like to be in touch with our customers, with our partners, with everyone. So feel free to contact me. And, and actually, uh, Todd, um, because your, your audience uh, is m mostly in the construction business, eh? Yes. Yep. Yeah. We have uh, in our office, we have a great book. It's uh, called The Container Atlas. And um, it, it's, it's filled with, uh, with really nice projects um, of containers being used in construction projects. So um, uh, I think uh, my colleague Phil might have sent you five already. Yes, yes, yeah. we so are. For the first five listeners that uh, are interested uh, in the book, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, I think if they contact you, uh, Todd, uh, you can send the first five ones, uh, one of those books. 
That's right. That's right. Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll have a, a link in the the show notes and everything as well too that they can and uh, fill out a, a form and shoot it all over. So looking forking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a really cool looking book there. I love yeah. it. I love all the the creative ideas and concepts. Yeah, really nice, really nice. So uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for doing that for the the listeners. It's, yeah, it's yeah. very cool. Very yeah. cool. awesome. Well, final question for you: If I could give you all power and you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in the industry, what would you pick to innovate? Oh, wow, that's uh, that's uh... well, and then then I would uh, I would think in 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 the whole value chain. Well, uh, I think where um, if you, yeah, I was explaining that most of the containers are owned by shipping lines and leasing companies. If you look at the way those uh, those companies operate, uh, I think they are uh, really having a tough time uh, on the on the, uh, the digital innovation. So, if I could uh, snap my fingers and make a wish, I would wish that those people in the value chain that they would uh, already have succeeded in taking a lot of more steps forward in uh, in uh, digital innovation that would uh, create a lot of more uh, i think uh, uh, a lot more transparency in the market uh, a lot more possibilities also a lot more possibilities to reduce co2 emissions together um, so uh, if i could make a wish uh, i would wish that there there uh, a change would happen in that side of the value chain yeah that would yeah. be great i would love that i would love that yeah nice <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one we'll uh we'll snap and make it happen <laughs> oh, that's great yeah i like that <laughs> well thanks yeah. so much for taking the time and, and joining the show today yeah you're welcome you're welcome thank you for having me and now it's time for my todd takes from this episode first take pursuing sustainability initiatives often requires a delicate equilibrium between immediate and long-term objectives yet as evidenced by Evian's approach, when approached with focused intention and a clear strategic roadmap, both measurable and nuanced benefits become evident way quicker. Second take, establishing a robust customer feedback mechanism is pivotal in involving technological processes, ensuring that they retain the essential human touch and foster creativity. Third take, Contemplate the extent to which you envision integrating technology into your operations. Then embark on incremental innovations to realize this finish. And finally, it's imperative for leadership to maintain transparent and frequent communication throughout this transformative journey. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software Great Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software Great Tech Group 2023.